This week on Low Earth Orbit, we review Frozen. Summer in the city of Arendelle. It couldn't be warmer. It couldn't be sunnier. But that's about to change forever. Arendelle. It's completely frozen. Cold, 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 cold. A real howler in July. Yeah? The land covered in eternal snow. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit. This is episode 22. I'm Scott Stevenson. I'm Steve Marmon. I'm Justin Voss. And this week we're talking about Frozen. Frozen is the new 3D animated feature from Disney Feature Animation. So this is the same studio that brought us Wreck-It Ralph, brought us Tangled. I think back in the day they brought us Bolt as well. But uh, Tangled and Wreck-It Ralph are the the most well-known movies. And it is directed by Chris Buck, who previously directed Tarzan. And Jennifer Lee, who it, it looks like this is her directorial debut, but she wrote, uh, she, I don't know if she entirely wrote or was she the only writer on Frozen? I think uh, so. Okay. So uh, both wrote and directed Jennifer, Jennifer Lee um, on Frozen. Uh, it stars Kristen Bell and uh, <laughs> in, Steve can say it better than I can. Adina Menzel. Adina Menzel. There we go. And uh, the story is two sisters, Elsa and Anna. Through childhood, they discovered that. Elsa has this power to create ice and snow, and she realizes pretty early on that she is hurting people doing it. And through some events that happen in the story, she sort of shuts herself off from the world, and then time fast-forwards, and they're they're sort of dealing with the consequences of that. The one thing I'll mention here at this point is that I saw it in 3D. Steve and Justin both saw it in 2D. So I guess it's kind of appropriate. I just want to ask first, since I saw it in 3D, the, the opening short I saw was Get a Horse, was that the same thing you guys saw? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it, it, maybe just take a few minutes to talk about that because I was, thought it was interesting. And I'm curious what you guys saw because I, I don't know how it would work in 2D. So uh, Get a Horse starts off, at least, and tell me if I, I say anything that's different than your experience. But it starts off in this really super small square, like old-time Mickey Mouse, black and white. And initially, honestly, and I think this was the reaction everybody else had in the theater, I was like, oh, they decided to pull out some old, you know, short as sort of like a an homage or something like that. And I was like watching it and it, it went on for probably 30 seconds. And I was like, oh, this was the wrong call. This is not funny anymore. Like, this is not worthwhile. And then the I mean, I don't think we have to worry about spoilers on <laughs> in shorts. <laughs> but the thing they do is then uh, and this is where I'm curious what your experience was. What they did is maybe 30 seconds in the characters start sort of bulging through the the screen and eventually they burst out into 3D, full color, and there's sort of this fourth wall busting effect where they're standing on the stage of the movie theater, and the depth is back on, you know, where the screen is. So that's, it's this trick I haven't actually seen done before, at least not in, like, a feature animation, maybe at, maybe at like, Disneyland or something. But I thought it was pretty cool because it was, one, I, I certainly didn't expect it, and two, the, it was sort of a fun kind of thing to do. You know, I didn't like it as much as Paper Man, um, but I was curious, what Steve, what did you... What did you think about it? So, so yes, I watched it, and uh, obviously, since I didn't see it in 3D, they didn't sort of burst out, you know, any sort of <laughs> any sort of z-axis. Um, aside from the fact that they were like clearly, you know, coming out of the the screen, you know, this the screen within a screen. Um, but my sort of immediate impression was, wow, this is this was intended to be viewed in 3D. You know, <laughs> particularly when the screen starts spinning on its axis, yeah. I'm like, well, this has to be really trippy in 3D <laughs> because they, because they, they go to so, such great lengths to do all these things that cause you know that that you know 
they at least seemed like they would be really, you know, impressive in 3D. Yeah, but they forgot the transformation matrix. The M34 <laughs> was not applied. Um, so, it, you know, I didn't like it that much. I can imagine. It would be pretty horrible. Okay. I mean, it was, it was okay. You know, it, it didn't, you know, it was, they were in color when they came out. Yeah. Chain, so there was still this, you know, this uh, delineation it, between the two. And they stopped looking like drawings and started looking like 3D models. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, you know, I think like, so some portion of the effect was maintained, but it like went on for so long. And I felt like so many of the tricks were there just to, because they would look good in 3D and not, not because they were really a great part of the story. Right. Or well, there wasn't really even a story. Yeah. Know, but yeah. yeah. What did you think, Justin? Uh, I thought it was okay. I actually, it never occurred to me that this would have been better in 3D. Like, I actually, <laughs> like, almost as soon as we walked into the theater, I was so concerned with finding seats that I just completely forgot that 3D was even an option for the whole movie. So yeah, it just never occurred to me that we could have been seeing the short in 3D. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. I mean, it wasn't. wasn't well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, I, to me, like like I said, I can't imagine it would be fun to watch in 2D because the whole the whole thing is like it's it's this little sort of trick they do with, and it's, I think it'd be particularly effective for kids because they wouldn't necessarily think through all the different things that are happening. They just kind of think like Mickey is bursting out through the, not literally, but you know, they would have that experience. Um, well, so I went and saw it in a theater a couple of days that came out, like on, uh, came out on a Wednesday, I guess. And then I thought on Friday or Saturday, the theater was packed. I, I know we were there a little bit early and the theater was completely packed with kids and the kids loved the short. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, I think there's enough slapstick physical yeah. know, humor that it was not in 3d either. Yeah. And they still know, the loved kids it. Kids okay. ate it up. All so. right. Uh, okay. Well, that that's sort of interesting. I was just curious because I, I literally couldn't imagine how that would work in 2D. Apparently, the answer is it did not. So, well, I mean, I, it worked in the sense that you were able to understand what was going on. Yeah. I don't know if it worked in the sense that you had yeah. like this, like, yeah, really jaw dropping experience. Like, okay, know. all right. Well, so for you know, so something to keep in mind. Anyway, back to the <laughs> our, our main story tonight uh, is Frozen. First, I guess the thing we should say is you know, obviously, this is not a Pixar. Uh, movie, so it's from the same. It's all under the same umbrella. So John Lasseter is in, in control of both, ultimately both Disney and Pixar. Um, but they are different studios and they have different sensibilities and all that kind of stuff. So, Justin, what did you think of Wreck It Ralph and Tangled? I'm curious about that before you tell us about Frozen. Uh, I loved both of those movies. Uh, Tangled, I didn't have any desire to see it, and then my brother and my mom saw it, and they're like, "No, really, you." You, you need to go see Tangled. This is really, really good. And it was really good. And it's, like, surprisingly good. And, I you know, like, the humor and, like, you know, I, it was really good. And then Record Ralph was just fantastic, too. And I wanted to see Record Ralph and, I, and then did see it and met all expectations. It was really, really good. Um, so I liked both of those. Um, for Frozen, um, not as much. I think of the three, it's my least favorite. I was hoping for something on the level of Tangled and didn't feel like I got it. I don't know. We, I guess we can go to details later, but that's that's my impression. Is that of of the three, I think it's the weakest. Do, do you think it's a? Are you saying it's a bad movie or just a good movie, not as good as the other ones? Um, I guess it was okay. I guess it's better than average, you know. But yeah, just not as good as the other two. I think. Okay, Steve. I did not want to see Tangled. Uh, went and saw, got sort of roped into seeing Tangled. Literally, uh, <laughs> didn't really enjoy Tangled. You know, it was too much of the classic Disney movie that, that I don't really have much fondness for. I sort of, like, subjected to them as a child. That's all I was allowed to watch. And, you know, I kind of want to watch the cool movies and didn't get, wasn't allowed to and just watched all these other movies I didn't really like. And so maybe I haven't sort of biased against that particular fairy tale genre, but I didn't really like it. Uh, I didn't really like think the songs were particularly well done either. Um, I mean, they were just... They were just more of the same kinds of songs in all these sort of you know classic Disney fairy tale movies. So 
you know, not 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 crazy about Tangled. Didn't want to see Wreck It Ralph either because it was from the same studio. And I thought, man, they're going to take this awesome concept and they're going to ruin it. Just, it's guaranteed. It's going to be. It just it can't possibly be good from these same people. And I watched it, and I loved it. I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was it was so funny and so good. So because of because of Wreck It Ralph, I was excited to watch Frozen. <laughs> I'm excited for your review. Because <laughs> you're yes. um, And this, we should say that this is the traditional Disney. I mean, so so the thing you said you didn't like about Tangled, it's that, um, maybe even amped up a bit. Yeah. So I actually liked it better than Tangled, and, and I liked it more because because it tries to change the Disney formula a little bit. I mean, it's still the same genre and some of the same tropes and the same songs that were again kind of you know. They, they were okay, but you know, I'm not not crazy for you know the the sort of that Disney style of of music in their in their movies. But I like that they actually like that the plot was not as predictable. Like you, like Tangled is like I see the plot from 100 miles away, and sure enough, it happened exactly like I predicted, and it was just you know it was just you know not not interesting for me. And I thought I knew where Tangled was going. I mean, thought I knew where Frozen was going. And at various points, they subvert that and they subvert the sort of conventions of the genre. Uh, and take it other different directions, and I actually enjoyed that part of it. And you know, even though I wasn't super crazy about the characters and the you know, story as a whole, I, I liked that I, I didn't know where it was going, and there were sort of you know funny, interesting twists because of that. Yeah, I, th- I think my review is pretty well. It's somewhere somewhere between the two. So I, I agree that was the sort of story twists were interesting, particularly because early on you you get the feeling it's like oh I know exactly what's going to happen in the second and the third act, and then you get like halfway through the second you're like wait wait wait, wait what <laughs> so, something happened here, and then you get to the third act and they really do do something quite a bit different. So that I agree that was good, and I thought the performances almost in, universally were really good. Um, plus I was I was going to look up because I don't know if the same actors are doing the the singing parts because the they, singers are well, phenomenal. Well, they are. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and particularly that's why they, I think probably why they got Dina Menzel to do it because yeah. she is a phenomenal. phenomenal I mean, it, it was ridiculous. I was like, and, who has that kind of power in their voice? It yeah, was just I mean, it's insane. She's famous because she has she's such a phenomenal job performing Wicked and she you know performing all those songs oh, in the Broadway okay. musical. Right, so she it. she actually is more known for singing than for her acting. Uh, but it. she you know she can do that both. makes sense. Yeah, because because she's really good. Uh, yeah, that, that's something actually stood out for me. Because usually that that kind of thing, I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I really need a musical here. But the thing that made that worthwhile were those vocal performances were just insane. So, yeah, I think between – I mean, I liked it. I'm glad I saw it. I th- There were parts that I really liked. And there were parts that I was kind of like, okay, you know, that happened. I think the thing that I liked – I liked the third act the best. And I think the reason I liked it the best was it had some of those twists. And actually it had a little bit more kind of subtlety in the story. And – you know, I, I just wanted more of that. Like, I wanted more, more things I wasn't expecting, or like more takes on characters I wasn't expecting. I did. I do really like the fact that they went whole hog with this is a female. You know, two two female protagonists, and the male par- characters are sort of like extras, basically. And the fact that they just said this is what we're going to do, because um, even in Brave, uh, you know, it was it was the relationship between Merida and her mother, but it didn't even feel as like directly female movie for me in that case. When I loved Brave, so it it felt like they were kind of like wading into the waters a little bit with Brave. Yeah, well, it felt like Brave could have worked just as well with a male in the in that in that True. role. You know, Absolutely. like she's she's a tomboy. I yeah. forget her her character. Merida. Merida. Oh, yeah, Merida. Merida is, is a tomboy completely. You know, yeah. she, you know, it just happens to be a girl, and she's not interested in you know boys. There's no romance. There's just you know just an adventure story that yeah. she has, and it felt like yeah, they just 
you know, here it feels like, you know, they did, it, these aren't, these weren't just tomboy characters in the typical male adventure oriented film. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it, to me, I mean, I'm, it, it's kind of weird for us to be talking about it, but as far as I can tell, it's sort of a more sort of female centric, not just characters, but story. I'm, like, I'm curious to know what specifically you think wouldn't work if you were to gender swap the two main characters in prison. Uh, I don't think you would have that kind of relationship between two brothers. I mean, that didn't, that, there wasn't, there's, there's sort of a, a intimacy that isn't typically, you don't see between brother characters in a movie. And yeah, I, you know, yeah. I could see, I could see the overall story could work that way, mm-hmm. but I don't think the interpersonal stuff would work the same way. I mean, it, I, I could be wrong about that, but that was my yeah. read on it. That was, that was my impression as well. It felt like so much of it was driven by their relationship, you yeah. know, and that didn't feel like it would. I mean, I mean, maybe a further sort of commentary on our culture that it wouldn't be acceptable for, you know, two brothers to have the same relationship. But I think it would people would be turned off by it or feel, feel like it was, you know, unnatural. Yeah. It been swapped directly. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I th- there were like I said, there were there were moments I thought were really funny or like I like the uh, the trading post guy. That was the best. <laughs> I love the trading post. The guy yeah, was, he was good. With his summer blowout sale. Yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> that whole that whole scene was absolutely hilarious. And th- there were moments where like th- I, those things, I think that's that's actually the, the heart of this for me. Is like I wanted more of the personality that that scene had throughout the entire movie, yes. and then I think I would have been like in love with the movie. Um, but the rest of it, it, it's not that it was bad. I think this is the part I think it's similar to Justin's review for me. It's not that it was bad. It was just sort of it was there and it was happening, and there was no mistake. It just was kind of very cautious, and I felt if they had taken a little bit more chance with with sort of like trying different things like occasionally anna would get sort of like she would like throw the snowball the snow snowman she's like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine it's like yeah you take that and she you know that whole you saw more of her emotion more of her personality if they had more of that across the characters and across the movie i, th- I think it would have been much better but that said i'm i'm, I'm glad i saw it um I, th- I think it's a good movie i don't think you need to rush out to the theater and see it but i think if you found yourself in front of it you, know, you might have a good time and so speaking of just like the quality overall, so, and, you know, now is the beginning of, you know, Oscar season and all that that means, right? Um, and so, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, these articles are trying to pop up that are predicting who's going to win different categories and stuff. And um, this year, none of the animated films are showing up at all in the best picture category like they did back when in you know, Toy Story 3 and up. And I think some maybe some other Pixar films, but at least those two were, were in the running for the best Best picture overall. Yeah. But, but always the Pixar and Disney films end up in the animated picture bucket. Yeah. Uh, and there isn't really a clear sort of front runner this year. And, you know, you know, Frozen is, is in the list and you know, Mustard University is in the list and various other ones. But do, what do you guys think you know, from that point of view? Like, uh, you know, which is, what is you know, the best animated picture this year? Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they're so different. Well, first off, I didn't see I haven't seen Monsters University yet, but just just from you know having seen this and knowing what monsters university is about from seeing monsters inc there, there's such different types of stories that i you know i don't know it i don't know i mean this is a more classic story and i think it might win some points for being a little bit more uh willing to go outside of the bounds of the you know the male protagonist and two male and in the case of monsters inc two male protagonists yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I think it should win for some musical aspect, <laughs> you know, because the vocal, like I said, the vocal performances are ridiculous. So I don't know if there's a category in the Oscars for vocal performance, but uh, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what movies are in the running to get in. Anim- I think it's these two <laughs> because yeah. there, there aren't any this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean there's like Wreck It Ralph was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. and there's yeah. a yeah. Twinkle so, Me too. I guess I didn't, I didn't see, but I can't, I can't possibly yeah. imagine. Well, no. well, people said that that that's a, like a dark horse choice. Like a lot of people really like it and said it was really good. I don't. Despicable Me, both movies seem to be sort of like this weird, like 
people it has like this like underground following. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. It seems like there's a lot of people who are into it, but you just never hear about it. I know it's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's very strange. I don't. I I'm in the same camp. I thought it was the only one that felt that way, but uh, yeah, we. I don't think any any of us have seen any of the Despicable Me's. No, I haven't. Okay, yeah. Um, the the other thing I was so I mean, did you have more? I, I don't have an answer to that. No, you know, I, I don't. I just I almost mostly wanted to bring it up because it just felt like I mean I've seen both of them, but it also don't feel like there's a clear winner either. You know, like I enjoyed Monsters University more. Maybe because I like like those characters and invested in that universe a little bit more, but it's it was certainly far less daring and ambi- less ambitious of a film than Frozen was. Even though I feel like in the end I, I would rather rewatch Monster University than Frozen, but it's, it's kind of interesting. There is, aren't there hasn't been any sort of particularly standout animated film this mm-hmm. year, which is really unusual. Yeah. Can- I, I don't follow this closely enough to know. Do foreign films win these kinds of awards like, for the animation, or just in general? Uh, they they can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certainly there, I mean, there's been crossover movie. I mean, you can, so if they do if they do a dub over or not a dub over, uh, if they do subtitles, like I think Crouching Tiger won one of the years, you know, and that was just subtitled for the U.S. So I think yeah. if they release it in U.S. market, then yes, it can. Yeah, though. I mean, there's there's a foreign film category, there but, is that I, but too. I think. Which individual countries can nominate one of their, you know, their films for that? For that, but I think like I think when Disney re-releases some of like the, the Miyaki films, yeah, Miyazaki. I think Miyazaki. I think, or Miyazaki. Sorry, that's who I was thinking about. Yeah, I, I, I think, to think I, if Studio Ghibli had done anything. Yeah, I year. think those have been actually in the actually in the animated film category okay. before. Yeah, because I think Spirited Away probably if it didn't it, win, it probably it, should have. It should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although that might have been around the same time that Toy Story Two came out. Um, but one other thing I want to ask you about, Steve, is that you said. Something about the you were going to mention the marketing aspect of Frozen. You weren't sure if it sort of pitched it as what it actually ends up being, or yeah. I mean, I've I've read a couple of stories to the that to the effect of you know Disney went out of its way to conceal the fact that this was a movie about two princesses in their marketing. And I think some effect it worked. I didn't actually know. Really, I, I, I didn't know there were humans I, in it. I, I, I had no concept of what the plot was. Yeah, I like went in. I only knew see, about the snowman and the and the reindeer. And the reindeer. That's yeah. the only thing I knew about this movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I saw too. That's and so I was, bizarre. And I, was, I didn't know. There, I, yeah, I didn't know there were humans in it at all until I saw a trailer on TV, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess maybe there are people. What? Who are they? Why do we care about them? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because the only yeah the only thing you see, you really see in the marketing is the snowman and the reindeer. Yeah, and actually I, I, in the in the poster he's in the middle, which is a really weird thing. Because he's not even re- I mean he's he's in the movie, but it's it's just little sections. Like he's he's got three or four lines here, and then we don't hear from him for like ten well, minutes. I, he doesn't even show up in the entire film until like halfway through yeah. or whatever. He's like the sidekick sidekick. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's not even the sidekick. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was sort of a strange. I, I don't really know what to make of that. That, yeah. that thing but i so i saw the trailer the, the funny thing about the marketing is i saw the trailer and i was really surprised to hear that you well now I'm, that both of you feel this way but i was surprised to hear that steve specifically you didn't think they marketed it that way because I, I when it's you see the trailer that's what's front most is they they show the two sisters um they i mean the the donkey and the or the, the reindeer and the snowman are in it but they're not featured in the trailer maybe i'm not thinking of like the trailer per se but like when because they do like all this cross marketing stuff with like yeah. other things, yeah. And I think in the only time, I, I, so maybe I haven't actually seen the trailer trailer on TV, but definitely like you know commercials for other things where Frozen is like a marketing tie-in. Mm-hmm. That was the only time that I saw. Mm. Well, I, I definitely saw the the reindeer and the snowman thing as a hit, like in the theater before, like like in the trailer section. Mm. You know, that's for like a little short with just the yeah. two. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was like it wasn't actually taken from the movie. It was one of those little like yeah. sandbox short things. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So. I mean, and and then even like there's a giant like billboard on 101 
which has which is like sort of like this po- the poster um, where there's like there's little tiny heads you can barely make out the heads in this in the in the snow and there's the snowman really big you know yeah. and you know, so I mean it yeah maybe in the actual trailer trailer they emphasize it more but in all the ancillary stuff it like you know was not very clear that this was you know or not at all clear that it was a film about two princesses basically it, it just i wonder if part of that I, mean, I was thinking it through it's like well why don't they show the characters and it's like well so with with i think it might be that they're not recognizable you know like if you see rapunzel with all if you see you don't necessarily know her face but you see the long hair it's like people can generally recognize that character wreck it ralph is a is a very unique looking character but if they just had the four lead characters so to speak on the poster i think nobody would know what to make of it because there's nothing there's nothing that looks beyond you know, that's four people on a poster. So I, I can kind of see how they got there. It is weird that the amount of attention given to the snowman in the poster is almost directly inversely proportional to the amount of attention given to him in the movie. But, well, I mean, the one the one last point I wanted to, to mention was something that I heard someone say on, I think I was on Twitter or something I read online. I forget where it was, but was that when Princess and the Frog came out, it was very well reviewed, I guess. Um, but it, like, it, like the percentage of boys that saw it was like, abysmally low when they in theaters it was all girls going to see it and mm-hmm. they like did some market research afterwards and you know the boys were turned off by the fact that it had princess in the title they're not gonna see a princess movie mm-hmm. and so i just wonder if that's a react this is a reaction to that or that was that was the hypothesis was that you know people they were so concerned about having the princess movie yeah. that would just shut out a whole half of their audience i i think it's i mean it's probably what would happen i think it's a, a classic like marketing conundrum for kids right which is that girls will you know, happily watch movies or play with toys that are marketed specifically for boys, but boys won't do the opposite. Yeah. Right. You know, for whatever the reasons are, the effect is that, you know, it's really, it's really hard to convince boys to play with girls toys essentially yeah. than it is to convince girls to play with boy toys. And right. that's probably exactly what's happened with these movies is that, you know, they made a movie and it, it may feature a princess, but it may not be like a particularly girly movie. But the fact that it sort of could be interpreted as being marketed to girls means the boys just won't go. Yeah. You know, and the reverse isn't true. Yeah, so they said the snowman is, I don't even know. Not, I mean, it's technically a guy, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, but it's sort of a strange choice. <laughs> Olaf, would you think yeah. name? Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Yeah, the whole yeah. Sven Sven thing was pretty funny, too. I don't know if you guys noticed, but, uh, like, in the first, at the end of the first act, they open up the gates in the castle and everybody's, like, streaming in. And uh, Rapunzel was walking in. Oh, really? Oh, wow. I thought nice. it was pretty funny. I did not notice that. So I did find it interesting to try and nail down exactly what the setting of this was supposed to be. Yeah, it's Scandinavia. It has to be because they were drinking glog. But in what time period? Like the the, and... the uh, age of the castle? I don't know. <laughs> but she also had all the modern slang stuff going on. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Like they don't talk like they're from. I mean, I know. They were, this is nitpicking to death. But it's just yeah. one of those things where I was kind of like trying to figure out what they were going for. And maybe yeah. they're just like, let's just take all the cool parts and bundle them together, which is totally fine. Yeah. But you know, there's just stuff where I'm like, well, the way they're dressed makes me think this is probably like 1800s maybe sure we'll go with that right and then <laughs> like they've got you know with the sailing ships that's probably also accurate for the 1800s yeah. obviously scandinavia they've got fjords they have names like sven yes <laughs> and you know and then the trading post guy who's just and, in case you weren't clear up until that point <laughs> they're in scandinavia yes he hit it out of the park very much so but there's other stuff where they have like the visiting the, you know what's his name is from the southern isles and i'm yeah. like well did they really come that far to like some <laughs> obscure no-name scandinavian place or like you know, at, towards the end, there's a bunch of dignitaries or whatever. One guy's clearly supposed, to, I think, supposed to be Italian. I'm like, I yes. don't know if Italy and Scandinavia <laughs> really had like a trade relationship. At the, at You're, the you, so you forgave the, the autonomous walking snowman. Once it came to Scandinavia, now that's out the window. 
I do like how <laughs> this is the kind of nitpicking they do. They're completely absurd. That was such a weird. Th- I thought that was such a funny thing where like they they're like, okay, this is talking snowman, and they were like freaking out about it. We're not really freaking out about it. They're like, this is a kind of a problem. And then he's like sledding through the town, and people are like screaming, and then right. everyone's cool with it. It's and like, everyone seems to know that the trolls exist. Like, that's amazing. They have this, the yeah, trolls are some of my favorite characters. Oh, I hated the trolls. Oh, really? Oh no, yeah, they okay. were. I could have done completely without them. In well, I guess I guess I didn't like the musical section with them, but I liked the. Anyway. I thought the musical section was actually one of the more interesting songs. <laughs> in the entire I give up. <laughs> I both like them. I'm in the super position. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so well, that's we funny. did not disagree more. About how I feel about trolls. I, so I, I, I didn't like the trolls themselves, but I did like their song. It was the only song I liked in the entire film. So actually, that was the other thing I was going to ask. Like, I didn't, I didn't really. The musical parts felt kind of out of place to me for yeah. the most part. And yeah, yeah. I mean, they were forced. Yeah, I, I mean, the, per, the again, the vocal performances are very good, but the, the song always was like, oh. I mean, I guess, yeah, you need a song here, I guess. But I feel like the entire movie might actually be better without Yeah, I think it did. The songs. And, and there weren't that many songs that felt like relative four to Four or five? Yeah, yeah, I feel like usually there are more. I don't really know. I don't... And there was no one big song. That was the other weird thing, is that usually, like, in, in all the sort of, you know, Disney movies past, there was the one, like, Hakuna Matata, you know, it'd be mm-hmm. like the one everybody knows. Um, but there was nothing There was nothing like that. They were all just sort of serving the story moment, and then they moved on and, you know. I wonder if just audience's tastes have changed and maybe musicals especially like yeah. sort of as a mainstream sort of I, I thing think, I think that's true well I mean popular. no Pixar movie has that right yeah no Pixar movies do um Rick and Ralph didn't have any songs no, 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 no. no so basically we have basically the two new-ish T- Tangled did Tang- Tangled and this one and I mean neither one of them had particularly awesome songs I, right? I, I thought I Tangled's wondered, were better but yeah I, I think they were better too but they're not, you know, the, the classic. Like yeah. no one, you don't gonna, know no it one's going to remember yeah. those twenty years later. Right, right, People right, still right. remember twenty-year-old, you know, Disney uh, songs from yeah. from that period. So it's like. I wonder if maybe they're just not bothering to invest so much in those anymore because people it just doesn't. Maybe it doesn't affect the bottom line, so to speak. Like yeah. if they had really awesome songs, like would more people have gone to see Frozen or Tangled? Probably not. I would guess not. Well, I didn't. I didn't go for the songs. I didn't see Tangled for the songs. I didn't see Frozen for the songs. So yeah. if they had awesome songs, I would have, I guess, liked the movie a little better. But I don't know if it would have like changed my recommendation for somebody to go see it. Yeah, one of the weird things about it is that while films seem to be losing their songs more and more, like actual like theater performances seem to you know it, it's harder and harder to find a non musical to go and see. Mm. You know, and I asked someone about this, like actually that worked at a theater. Like why don't you why do you never you know stage like Arsenic and Old Lace or any of the or Noises Off or any of these great non musical plays anymore. You know, they're like, well, we make three times as much money on wow. mu- uh, on musicals than on a non musical. Like what three times? Like <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And, like, on the other side, you know, films, you know, do not seem to be, you know, not seem to need, you know, music yeah. to survive. Why is it such a, such a huge contrast with theater? It's probably, well, probably what, I mean, my guess would be is that when they disappeared out of the movies, people migrated to the theater to see musicals, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe kind of people who go and see, see go to the theater are, yeah. the people who, are the people that are left that still really like the music. It's a yeah. self-selection yeah. thing, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is that, like, non-animated musicals in movies, are they doing... As well, like are, the I can't even think of the, the, the one that the one that I can't pronounce, Les Misérables. That one, yes, everyone the, everyone shortcuts it. The, yeah, the one where <laughs> half the syllables are unpronounceable. Yes, French. Um, did, how did that do? We love our French listeners. I think it did pretty well. Oh, really? I thought. Oh, okay. I didn't see it. <laughs> I, 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 I did either. <laughs> so, yeah. so we're recommending it since none of us have seen it. I don't know. Uh, and, and so, would you? So, so like I said, I, I would. I would not. 
say you need to go out and rush to the theater and see it. But, you know, if you ran across it and you could watch it, I think you might have a good time. What, Steve? I, I, I agree. It's I think something that it's worth renting on iTunes or was watching it comes on Netflix or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's really worth the outrageous ticket prices to go and right. see it in a theater. Justin? There's a lot of worse things you could watch. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, oh, I, sh- I should say, I talked about the 3D with the with the short in the beginning. But the 3D, I mean, as usually is the case with the 3D rendered movies, because they just add another camera, you know. 3D was really good. I mean, I, I think that, that added something to the experience, if you like 3D. So, yeah, I mean, get, particularly given the short, if you're going to go see it, I would recommend seeing it in 3D. Because the short is, is fun. You know, it's not like a, uh, a story-driven thing. It's sort of a mechanic-driven thing, but it's still still pretty fun. All right. So, if you want to send us any feedback, you can email us at feedback at lowearthorbit.fm. And also, in case you don't check the website, everything we talk about, uh, we meticulously collect in show notes on the website. So, if you weren't sure something we mentioned, if you haven't seen it or you're curious what it is, if you go to the website at lowearthorbit.fm, you can get the details there. We're also on Twitter at lowearthshow. And uh, I think that's it. Okay, so we had a couple things that we were going to talk about that's spoiler-related. So if you haven't seen the movie, you may just want to hit pause and come back, and we'll still be here. Justin, did you have something spoiler-related you want to mention? One of the things I thought was cool about the plot, and Steve kind of mentioned this, is that you couldn't see a lot of these turns coming from a mile away. So did you guys see the I did not. I did not. I thought I had the smallest premonition, just sort of like because he, when... Anna left him in charge. Yes. That was my first note of, hmm. okay, this isn't going to end. She's, you know, and I wasn't sure how it was going to play out. I just knew that this was the beginning of bad things, you know. Um, but, I did, yeah, I did not anticipate yeah, I, the I, severity of the turn. So you mean passing on the sovereignty to person that you met three hours earlier maybe is not the most. Maybe not. And I liked how, you know. I know what you're going to say, and I'm so loving it. It's awesome. I, I love that. So they do this whole, like, you know, we're in love, musical number, yeah. proposal, and then every other character's like, you did what? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was I was literally, I thought like, oh no, this is such a weird story decision. They can't <laughs> do too. this. And fortunately, everybody else in the movie felt the same way. <laughs> they did this, and I'm like, is this, should we, should they be telling kids that this is a good idea? And then every other character has the same thought. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sven, or not Sven, the other one. I, I, I it's burned it in my brain. Well, they're not both Sven. What's no, the other guy's he, name? No, Christoph. He is Christoph. Thank yes, you. Yes, yes. The human's name is Christoph. Yeah, he, he was like, no, 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 you can't do that. It's a horrible idea. <laughs> yeah, but the the um, body one. Did you, did you something you want to mention about it? Oh, I just back to the the point about you know her leaving him in charge. Like, I, I also had that sort of like, uh oh, you know, something bad's gonna happen. Probably because I thought more from incompetency than from anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but then he was like making such a big deal while she was gone about like, you know, oh, we, you know, we, you know, I'm in charge while she's gone. She always trusted me. Like I'm trying to like, you know, do a good job, you know, for her because I'm in love. We're gonna get married. And I was like, wow, he really, this guy is really dedicated to her. You know, <laughs> he sort of like managed to like, you know, kind of, you know, quench my uh, concerns. Yeah. And then and then I felt like, and then he that, stabbed you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was that was really interesting because I think what you. Th- think is going to happen is like you know the the thing they say is like well uh, in an act of true love will will melt her heart and you think it's going to be like they're going to kiss and it's not going to be you know she's going to realize ah it's not really my thing but then he like snuffs the flames i was like holy crap i did not see that coming i thought that was and that was the first twist but the second twist with like her saving her sister yeah like it, it wasn't actually the kiss yes the save the end which yeah. i thought was the, i thought it was cool yeah. yeah that was a good choice i thought 
that was pretty cool. Uh, by the way, the other thing is the I thought the special effects, like the snow physics and all that other kind of stuff, was really, really good. I mean, if you think about it, they, they actually ran across a little, um, not trailer, but uh, the short the Disney feature animation put together about how they actually modeled the snow. Well, they did a seagraph paper, didn't they? Uh, that's really? what it was. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but they really spent quite a bit of time on, like, figuring that out. And, like, they showed you all the different results when they turned the knobs different ways and, like, mm-hmm. more finely packed snow and... That was. I thought that was really. Yeah. I can't decide if that sounds fascinating or terrible to be the person who has to implement that. Like I have to <laughs> study. Surely... I have to study snow in enough detail to create a computer model of it. I don't know if that sounds like they found the snow nerd from terrible. the office. <laughs> He's got little you know pictures of snow up on his wall. He's the like, snow guy. <laughs> Finally, my day has come. <laughs> they need to send that guy to the Game of Thrones social effects people because <laughs> Game of Thrones has the worst snow. Like yeah. at least at the wall. Like when they're actually in Iceland filming the like beyond the wall stuff, then it's. Really Real snow, so it looks like real snow. So he's like, great. but like the wall stuff, not real snow. <laughs> he's like, first job, all the characters they become three D. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then we we add the snow. That was like the most vaguely European accent ever. <laughs> I don't even know if that was European. Yeah, so I mean, I, th- I thought the twist, like, I think the twist actually made it elevated the the quality in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think they could have they could have actually done more like the regular formula, and it, and then I really would have disliked the movie. And yeah, it was it was only the fact that they that they deviated from it yeah. that that really made it so I could enjoy it. What I thought was almost going to happen, and they and they didn't do it, but I, I kind of hope that eventually, like we'll we'll see something like this, which is that it would be interesting to see this kind of a movie, but where there isn't a clear villain. You know, and maybe that's maybe that's yeah. maybe that's too complex for the market with kids, <laughs> but like you know before Hans reveals himself to sort of be the bad guy. Like, I thought it would have been really cool if, like, the whole story was basically just about, like, the sort of misunderstanding slash fear slash whatever, and there isn't actually somebody who is clearly the bad person, and that it's just, you know, they're all just victims of the situation that they're in, which I thought would be a lot more interesting and complex story to tell. And, well, then, and then at the end, it's just like, oh, Hans is the bad guy. But like, I Well, it was, it was, they almost, yeah, they kind of did it, because there was, there was the dignitary from whatever the other... Weaseltown. Weaseltown, yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Weaseltown. Because there was that guy, and then you, th- there was a period of time in the movie where you kind of like are balancing between. There's that guy. You don't actually believe Elsa's bad, but she's sort of playing the role of the villain. And maybe those are sort of like countermeasures for you to not guess that it's Hans. But they mm. they, they sort yeah, of did it. You know, it's like, true. The Weaseltown guy is sort of like the... Uh, the decoy. You, you yeah, think he's going to be the... Take yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But by... Yeah, it's an interesting magic trick they do there. So yeah. by focusing so much on him, you're distracted yeah. from the sort of weirdness of Hans. And I think if you, if you, I think if you were to watch the trailer, you might think that Elsa is actually the villain. Because um, sure. he, the Weaselton guy, is not actually even yeah. in the trailer. And she, I mean, she does actually seem quite other villainous throughout a lot of the film, but, but, more, but n- more, never more, intentionally. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's the it's the classic loss problem. Like they just don't talk to each other. If she would just tell her sister what was going on, yes. like so much of this conversation <laughs> would not have happened, yeah. and everything would have been fine. A but... ten minute conversation <laughs> yes. would have solved all of these problems. Yeah, this is this is every sitcom. This is you know probably most soap operas. It's like you just talk to each other. <laughs> you wouldn't have all this drama. We'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) See you guys. I started playing just last night. I started playing Beyond Two Souls. Mm. Really good. Yeah? Like, Like, it's surprising... I wasn't really sure what to think of the concept, because it's not like... There are actually moments. And actually, I was thinking... I was thinking for a moment that we should review it... Um, but it, it's interesting because it's not like there are like action mm-hmm. kind of 
Assassin's Creed style moments. But for the most part, it's it's like interactive story, kind of like just the cutscenes of Uncharted, if you could control the cutscenes. Interesting. Um, and it's pretty interesting because, I mean, obviously, Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe are really good actors. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, I think they're both Academy nominees, if, if not. I don't know if Willem Dafoe is won something I, I'm not sure. I don't know if even Ellen Page may have won something anyway they both should have if they haven't yeah mm. but but they're really good and, and it's it's a really interesting experience um so I've been playing that yeah my thing with Beyond Two Souls that makes me really really skeptical about just the whole concept mm-hmm. is um how much it says that like decisions you make in the game even small decisions you make in the game can like affect the way that the story goes it does and I feel yeah. like that that sounds horrible like that actually does not sound like fun like, one of the things they actually mentioned in, like, the little interview that I was reading, it's like, well, there's this one scene in the game where Ellen Page's character has invited this person over for a date. Mm-hmm. And the game doesn't tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. You just have to decide what to do. And you have to decide to clean up the apartment. And you have to decide, like, whether to dress up or, mm-hmm. you know, all this other stuff. And how you make decisions get out, you know, affect the outcome of the game. That sounds horrible. Really? Oh, that sounds I think so that's bad. great. No, that sounds, that sounds so meticulous. Because I, I feel like my personality, mm-hmm. I really want, like, the clear goal. And I really want, like, the do this to, like, whatever. And just having it, like, really open-ended like that, I feel will just frustrate me. And I'll, well, I'll what, hate what, the game. What, do you, what do you think you would miss out on? Or, what, like, what do you I think? Would, that... I would spend the whole game thinking, like, what did I miss because the game designers didn't make it obvious obvious enough for me oh it doesn't i don't think it it doesn't quite work that way so the the decisions are of the nature of like um first off the in most cases not in every single case but in most cases there is sort of a hint of what like the golden path is Mm -hmm. and they're they're kind of like saying hey you could do this but they don't make you do that um there are some cases that are a little less that have less impact on the overall story um that are that are more kind of free free formed decisions um, but the, I mean, so I think part of it is they want you to maybe play through it again and, and make different decisions. Uh, but the thing, I don't know if it's as much the case with this game, but with, uh, I think heavy rain was the one before from quantum from the same studio. right? Yeah. yeah. And the thing that, and I assume it applies to this game, as far as I can tell it does, the, the principle they had for heavy rain was that you, you would never have a fail state. You know, you, you make a decision and even if you mess up, that's just the continuation of your story. And the thing they're trying to do is like in real life. You can't really be in a fail state, you know. You you die, but unless you get killed, you get killed. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but I mean that that kind of decision where somebody's coming to your house is like, do I clean up? Do I do whatever? I mean, that's a that's a decision you have to make as a human right. being. So what they're trying to do, and, and maybe you wouldn't like it, but I, I it hasn't bothered me so far. What they're trying to do is saying there is no right or wrong answer here. Make your decision the way you would want to make it, so that you can have a story that's sort of you know personal. As opposed to just having, because the problem usually with cutscenes is that you're just being you're you're being talked at, right? Mm-hmm. It's like here's the thing that's happening. I don't think I would like Uncharted if it was just the cutscenes. Maybe you would, maybe you would. I don't know. Well, at that point, it's a movie, <laughs> right, right? Exactly. So, so you you take out most of the action pieces from Uncharted. Mm-hmm. If they took away those those sort of your ability to direct the story, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be any game left, I guess. Okay, so I'm I guess I'm waiting for like so if taking all the action of an Uncharted would make it a bad game, then why does taking all the action out of Beyond Two Souls make it a good game? Well, they swap it for, like, rather than the cutscenes just being pre-rendered stories, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you, the action part or the game part is that you're deciding how it flows, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you can't change how she's born, and, I mean, I haven't gotten far enough to say if you can change how, how she dies or doesn't die or whatever, but, um, you know, the, the main thematic elements are still present, mm-hmm. But the the way you get there is different depending on the decisions you make. So that if they're taking out the sort of hardcore action parts of Uncharted, 
what they're putting in, in its place, so that's still a game, mm-hmm. is that you can decide, you know, what the actual flow of the story is to get to the to get the end. Um, is the, is the, there are some action parts, though. Is the duration of the story short enough that you can actually like go through multiple times? I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know. Based on the page, you know, there's like a little progress bar, kind of, that comes up between chapters. I think I'm like halfway through, and that was like last night. I might be maybe a third of the way through. So I would, I would say it would be pretty pretty quick to go through again, especially if you know what to expect. Um, the other thing it does, which is interesting, is that it it does it's taking you through her life, and it's um, it's one of these out of sequence stories. So that you're you're sort of mentally assigning, oh, okay, well, that happened to her before she joined the CIA or after she was asked to go on this mission. Um, and the other thing that I've mentioned at all is that the one of the, the main, maybe the main game mechanic is that you there's a button you can press and you can go into, you, you switch characters effectively to Aiden, who's like this non-physical being, and you can traverse the world. And this is kind of what the story is about, is you can traverse the world, you're psychically linked to her. So you can switch between the two characters, um, but you can go through walls and you can, you know, possess things and you can knock things over. Um, so, you know, even those decisions, th- there's there's decisions that happen in the course of the story, the cutscenes. But there's even decisions about how you, you know, break into this room and how how you decide to get that guy to go from this building to the other building. And all that stuff can change your story as well. So I, I think it is meant to be replayed. And I think it's practical. I mean, it's not... I'm guessing, but it looks like it's probably like a four to six hour experience, you know, mm. first time through at least. That's not too bad. Uh, but the acting is really, really good. Yeah. yeah. Would, okay. It just seems like with, with games that try to be so open-ended, I think like for, and maybe this is just because I'm not like a sophisticated enough gamer or whatever, but I feel like even, well, even for games that are actually pretty linear, I feel like game designers just don't do a very good job of sort of like helping players well, get to what they want so to do. So it's not that. So so the, the difference here, I understand what you're saying with that. It's not that you're ever stranded. It's that you're just presented with clear choices and not necessarily are you presented with the choice, you know? So it's not like they dump you into a room and you're like, oh, crap, what the hell do I do now? It's like, well, you could, like, here's an example is that, you know, at one, she's at a party mm-hmm. and there's a beer sitting on the table. Mm-hmm. You could drink that beer and you could drink a second or a third beer, and eventually you're going to get drunk, or you could not drink the beer at all, and the, the story will play out differently based on that. But so, but how's, what's the implementation like? What's the presentation like? Is the beer just sitting there, and you have to consciously walk up to it mm-hmm. and push the interact button? Yeah. Or does it actually say like a modal dialogue comes? No, no, up no, 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 it no, Explains no. to you the choice. It, you you see hot points in the room. But see, it, uh, well, at least there's hot points. Yeah, no, no, it's not just open. So there, there's always so either if you're Aiden or if you're um, I'm blanking. I want to say Ellie, but that's not that's not right. But right. Uh, uh, Jody. Mm-hmm. If regardless of who you are, there's something always highlighted in the room to see what the sort of main interaction is. There's you can always do other things. You sure. can walk around and do you know you could you know skip skip the hallway that you're supposed to go down and go down another hallway. I don't know how far you can really take that, but it's an option. But usually there, at least with Jody in particular, actually there's some golden path where it's like there's a little icon in the door handle. If you walk up to the door handle and hit forward, she's going to go in the room. You, you're not going to spend an hour like in the vending machine, like trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> so we get Snickers or Doritos. <laughs> I mean, some some games do that, but um, yeah. and even with when you're in Aiden, uh, you you are you can. It's actually even more obvious when you're in Aiden mode because there's you know blue dots on things that you can interact with or like knock over or whatever. Right. So okay. I, I think you you may find yourself in the gone home kind of situation because it's it's kind of the character development thing but it's it's amped up a level way beyond gone home it's not the, it's not that the character development it was just with those maybe not, and gone home kind of suffers from this but just games in general i think do a, 
a poor job most of the time of sort of indicating like what things should you care about and what things like, they do a poor job conserving detail basically right like, yes you ever heard of the law of conservation yes, 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 yeah. games don't do a very good job with this or at least a big portion of games don't do a very good job with this yeah um i i don't think that's the problem here i think it's it's you're not um you're not asked to just sort of figure out what you're supposed to do you're asked to choose from beyond the things that they've offered to you okay well, that sounds less horrible. Yeah. But no, like, I think I, the thing I like about it so far, and again, I'm not to the end, is that there's, it's quite a big sort of adventure tale. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's, you, there's one part where you're at a party. There's one part where you're in your lab. There's one part where you're in CIA training grounds. Mm-hmm. There's, I just started playing the part where you're on a train and the train gets pulled over by the FBI and they want to investigate you. And then you add the whole supernatural element. Um, I think it's, I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it to you when I'm done and you can. Yeah. So I might borrow it, but I'm not sure I'm going to go and show money, show money out for it. I mean, it's for PS3, right? Yeah, it's for PS3. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how the uh, the iPad interaction works. It, it offers it to you when you start the game. It says, "Do you want to use the controller or do you want to use an iPad?" Um, but I haven't tried that yet. I think I think it's supposed to be for people that are more comfortable with that, and they can still. And actually, the other thing it asks you is, "Are you like a video game player, mm-hmm. or are you just in it for this?" And I'm guessing if you don't say, "I play video games a lot," then they they either remove the action parts or they make them they tone them down somehow. Bioshock does that too, I think. Yeah. Um, because there are parts in there where you, you're, you know, you have to grab cover and you wait for somebody to come around a corner and take them out. But sometimes what you have to do is switch over to Aiden, fly over, you know, possess somebody who has a gun, for example, manipulate that situation. And then you can come around and uh, do that. I think it's pretty cool. I don't know. So I've been playing that <laughs> Back to the original point. That's what I've been doing with my time. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I was thinking with with Tangled, they got um, what's her what's her name? Uh, Mandy. I can't remember her last name. All of a sudden, Brown. No, no, well, Mandy Moore. Mandy Moore. And she is actually a, a pop singer. Uh, you know, before she was doing all the other stuff, so she was like the perfect choice. You know, she was both actress and pop singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I didn't even. I mean, first off, I didn't know Kristen Bell could sing, and I've never heard. I mean, what is Kristen Bell famous from? So she, I think, with Veronica Mars. That's, her, that I think is like. The beginning of her, yeah, and she's yeah. she's famous for liking sloths because <laughs> there's <laughs> you guys don't know about this. No, there was a viral video that went around. She was on Ellen, and uh, she like for her birthday, her boyfriend Dax, who who's in um, Punked, and uh, you guys, you're looking at me like I've said ten words you guys aren't familiar with. <laughs> anyway, so, I know those words, but correct. not that word. <laughs> there, there, there is Dax. there, yeah. <laughs> There was a guy, so he was on, was it a jackass or punked? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but so her boyfriend for her <laughs> These birthday. Are all things I have not seen. Her boyfriend for her birthday got her a sloth, and she's, like, obsessed with sloths. Sloth. Oh, sloths. Sloths. I thought I heard sloths. Yeah, like, like sloth yeah. machines. Like, she has a gambling problem. Like, I was like, wow, she talked about her gambling sloths. problem. Sloths. That's like. Sloths. Sloths. God. <laughs> Anyway, have you seen have you seen the video? Wait, he, I guess not. not. Okay. He got her a sloth. He got her. Is that, so like, is he, that legal? No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> it's very illegal. He, he just he like I don't know if he like rent them or whatever, but he like brought he brought some like animal trainer brought a sloth, and she was like the video is actually pretty incredible because she she's so she was like she was talking about an Ellen how like if she's between like seven and like or what is it like three and seven in t- terms of like one being really sad and ten being really happy. If she's between three and seven, she's cool. But on either side of that, she's like bawling, you know, whether she's really happy or really like sad. So she, she, they had a video of her at her house on her birthday bringing the sloth. She's super excited. She's bawling. And 
because she couldn't handle it. And even when she was on Ellen watching the video, she was like tearing up because she was so excited about it. Wow. Most emotional sloth like viewing ever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but she's she's famous for that. And uh, she's in she was, so she's in two movies right now. She's in Lifeguard that just came out. Yes. And something else that, that's about to come out. And I'm, I can't, I'm blanking on the, what the movie name is. Well, she's also in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh, is she? And isn't she? Okay, so a bunch of stuff I haven't her. seen. Yeah. <laughs> Safety Not Guaranteed. Oh, I forgot she was in that. She was the, the girl that almost got killed, but he saved her. Oh. Hmm. Are these spoilers? Should uh, be hearing this that, that was, well, yeah, I guess it's technically a spoiler. Oh, well, Wait, you see, I'll edit it out so you don't I hear it. I know. <sighs> what did you do that, man? I know. <laughs> uh, okay. I think we're, I think we've frozen ourselves out. I can't, I can't end oh, with that. Man. That was that was the worst. That was even a pun. It was just I delivered it as if it was a pun, but it wasn't. So, <laughs> somebody, somebody, come up with some better line. Uh, we have spent. Uh, no, we've beaten the snow. We, somebody, you got help me here. We can't. We can't end with You're that. You're looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I just write the blurbs, man. That's so true. Uh, uh, is there we, a shoveling metaphor that can happen? Uh, yeah, here? a snowball rolling downhill. We, we, yeah, so we 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 picked up enough. <laughs> no, I can't even do that one. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys. Okay, I think it's good. All right. Well, we have no shortage of material for the afternoon. Yes. <laughs> I got the halfway through them like, wait, Frozen? I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Not only is it not funny, but it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> we need Tim with his pun. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Tim is the, the connoisseur of terrible puns. <laughs> and they are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows it. <laughs> no, he does. It's, it's like... It's, it's his trademark? It's just, yeah. They're like those, it's like those dad jokes, you know? It's like we're... You know, something about becoming a dad, I think, just makes you suddenly love... You're like, contractually obligated jokes. to... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, you all set? You all set? Yeah. Okay.